Just about that age Crushing at the world through a lion's cage Telling myself I was the victim Young intuition Always seem to lead that way Every time I look in my eyes All of the things I've always hated in myself come alive I'm looking up, heading down, feeling like I'll die All of the things I feel Chapter I wonder why these people moved, Cassie said. Maybe they didn't like living next door to a controller who is part of a conspiracy to take over the world, I said. Or else maybe they just don't like assistant principals. I could understand that. We were standing in the backyard of the house next to Chapman's. It was empty. There was a for sale sign in the front yard. It did kind of make you wonder why these people had decided to move. Not that Chapman had ever acted strange. That's the big problem with controllers. You can never tell who is and who isn't. It's convenient for us, anyway, Jake said. It was night. The moon was high and full and bright, so we were hiding beneath a tree. There was a high wooden fence between us and Chapman's. Axe was just changing from his human morph back into his Andalite body. We had already acquired some ants earlier, at Cassie's barn. We were getting ready to do it. I was scared. Badly scared. I guess the others were too. Everyone was talking too much, the way you do when you're nervous. Cassie was shivering like she was cold. Only it was about 70 degrees out. Tobias? I asked. He was in the tree, just a few inches above my head, on a low branch. How well can you see? I think I'll be able to see you as long as you stay above ground, he said. The moonlight helps, but I'm not nearly as good at night as I am during the day. My eyes aren't much better than yours in the dark. Swell, I said. Jake glanced at his watch. It's time. We know Chapman will be at the meeting for the sharing, starting about now. The sharing is a front organization for controllers. It's a way for controllers to get together without anyone being suspicious. Supposedly, it's just some sort of combined Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. In reality, it's a way for controllers to recruit willing hosts. Yes, believe it or not, some people choose to accept your control. We didn't have to ask how Jake knew about the meeting of the sharing. Jake's brother, Tom, is one of them. A controller who is very into the sharing. You ready, Axe? Jake asked. The Andalite had to be back in Andalite form before he could morph. Just like all of us had to be human before morphing into another being. Once Cassie had tried morphing straight from one animal to another. Nothing had happened. And Cassie is the best morpher. I am ready, Axe said. Everyone ready? Jake asked. Yup, Rachel said. Even she sounded tense. There was a bad feeling hanging over this whole thing. Or maybe I was just being paranoid. Okay, Jake said. Soon as we're all morphed, we head across the grass, down along the wall, underground. We find a crack or a hole, and enter the basement. Yeah, nothing to it, I said. I concentrated on the ant I had acquired earlier. There wasn't much to think about, really. When I'd held the ant in my hand, it had just been this tiny little dot. You could see that it had a sectioned body and legs, but that was about it. The morphing began very quickly. Whoa! Falling! Falling! That was the first sensation. I was shrinking rapidly. The ground was rushing up at me. 
It was like one of those nightmares where you're falling and falling but never seem to hit the ground. I was still maybe a foot tall when my skin seemed to turn crisp, as if it had been burned. It became hard. Harder than fingernails and glossy black. I looked over at Cassie and nearly screamed. She was further along than me, only a foot tall and hard-shelled black all over, glistening, rigid, plastic-looking skin. Her legs were shriveling rapidly. So were her arms, although they had become longer to match her legs. A third set was growing out of her chest. And her face. Her face was no longer human. Her head was sort of a teardrop shape. Wickedly curved mandibles were growing out of her mouth. Huge, slashing, deadly-looking serrated jaws. Her eyes had gone flat and dead. Just black dots. Antennae, looking almost like another set of legs, sprouted from her forehead. Her waist was pinched tight. Her lower body swelled till it looked as big as a watermelon. I didn't want to watch, because I knew that all these same changes were happening to me. I knew it. I didn't want to think about it. I just wanted it to be over. I wanted the changes to be done. Suddenly, all around me, huge raspy spears shot up out of the ground. Grass. I was diminishing to true insect size. The rough sharp shafts that were rising all around me were just blades of grass. They weren't growing. I was shrinking. One exploded directly under me. I tumbled end over end. And then my eyesight failed. My eyes simply stopped functioning. I was blind. Blind and falling, rolling cartwheeling down the side of a blade of grass. I was standing upright. I knew that. I had stopped falling. But I was blind. No, not completely blind. It was not just blackness. But my eyes saw no detail. I could see patches of light in areas of darkness. But they were misty and fragmented, and my aunt brain was not interested in them. No, the world was not about sight anymore. It was all... something else. I knew I was getting something. Something... a sense. A feeling, almost. Then I could feel... I could feel my antenna waving. Waving, back and forth, searching, searching, no, they were smelling. My antennae was smelling. I was looking for a scent, several scents. It was not like human smell, not like Jake had described dog scent when he had morphed his dog Homer. That kind of scent is full of possibilities, subtleties. This was different. I was looking for just a few scents, just a few smells. I tried to prepare myself. I had been through this before. There is usually a time, a brief few seconds, before the animal mind appears with all its fear and hunger and intensity. I needed to be prepared. Ants were tiny and weak. Surely their fear would be extreme. I would have to be... Then wham! The ant's mind erupted inside my own. There was no fear. None. There was no hunger. There was no... No self. No me. No me, no... My antennae swept the air. Strange. Not home. Not the colony. Enemy territory. Smell them. Smell their droppings. Smell the arid odors they smeared along the ground to mark their boundaries. How are you guys doing? It's Tobias. How are you guys doing? Strangers. The smell of others. They would come. There would be killing. Killing. Soon. Move. Jake. Marco. Rachel. Cassie. Answer me. It's Tobias. Talk to me. 
I began moving. My six legs picked their way nimbly. I was a nearly blind insect, picking his way through a forest of giant saw-edged grass blades. Food. The smell of food. Find it. Take it. Return to the colony with it. Change directions instantly. Move toward the smell of dead beetle. Others around. Us. Ours. They had the right smell. They were not the enemy. You guys are heading the wrong way. Moving faster now. Feet feeling each blade of grass. Antennae sweeping the air, searching for the scent of the enemy. Searching for the scent of the dead carcass that we had to find to return to the colony. Listen to me. You're going the wrong way. The ant mines are controlling you. Close now. The scent of food was stronger. Mandibles working. We would touch the carcass. We would judge its size. If it was too big to carry, we would hack it into smaller pieces and carry the chunks to the colony. You have to take control. You have to fight. You have to get a grip. Our enemies would come and kill. The smell of enemies everywhere. There. We had reached the dead beetle. I scented the air. I touched it with my legs, touching again and again to learn its size. I? My legs? Confusion. Fight! Fight it! You have to get control! It was big. The others were around me. I opened my cutting mandibles wide and bit into the beetle, slicing tough shell, biting into meat. Listen to me! You are losing! You have to fight! Fight? Suddenly, I realized that there was something, a sound. Yes, not a smell. Not a smell. Not a fuel. You are humans! You are humans! Listen to me, you are not ants! Fight it! Fight it! Yes, not a smell, or a fuel. In my head, my... me. Marco! Ah! I screamed inside my own head. Tobias said later that it scared him half to death. He thought I was being killed. That wasn't it at all. I had been reborn. Ah! 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 What's the matter? Tobias cried. I... I... I lost myself. I said. I was gone. I was lost. I didn't even exist. Get out of that morph! Tobias said. But I could hear the others now, snapping back into reality. Becoming again. Crying. What kind of creature are these? It was Axe. He sounded terrified. Terrified. They have no self. I was lost. There was nothing to hold on to. They are not whole. They are only parts, like cells. Just pieces. What kind of foul creatures are these? Listen, you guys morph back, Tobias said. This sucks. It isn't right. Hive, Cassie said, sounding shattered. They are social insects. Part of a colony, a hive. I should have guessed, I should have known. X is right, each of us is only a part, like a single cell within a human body. Guys, I see other ants. They're coming your way, Tobias said. How far away? Jake asked. Can you see them up there? I'm not in the tree. I'm right here. I'm standing right over you. You're only a few inches from my right talon. I don't want to have to do this all over, Rachel said. Let's just do it. Let's get it done. Are we in control now? Jake asked. One by one, we said yes. It was only partly true. Yes, I had gained control over the ant mind. But it was still there. 
It was powerful in a totally new way. It was the simplicity that made it hard. The ant was a piece of a computer. Just a tiny switch. A part of a much bigger creature. The colony. Guys? Cassie's voice in my head. If you try, you can kind of see with these ant eyes. A little, anyway. If you concentrate, you can notice light and dark. It's like watching a really, really bad black and white TV that's almost all snow. And you can only see what's right in front of you. But you can almost see a picture. She was right. I could kind of see. But nothing I saw made sense anyway. I could recognize blades of grass. But a long sloped wall that seemed six feet high was a mystery to me. Someone just ran over my talon, Tobias said. The wall, Tobias's talon. That's good, you're heading in the right direction, Tobias said. You're coming up on the fence. If there was a fence, you couldn't prove it by me. I saw nothing. The bottom of the fence was seven or eight body lengths above me. Irrelevant. I don't want to go into Chapman's yard, Tobias said. It would look fishy if anyone saw. Just keep going in the same direction. We did. I barreled through a forest of grass. Then, very suddenly, it ended. We were out of the grass and racing across a moonscape of boulders, each the size of my head. In my ant brain, the alarm bells were still ringing. Enemies! Enemies! Their scent was everywhere. But it was not fear I felt from the ant brain. It was not capable of emotion, or anything like emotion. It simply knew that there were enemies close by. And it knew that it would come down, sooner or later, to kill or be killed. Chapter 10 We hit the wall. I knew it was the concrete wall of the foundation. I knew, logically, that just a foot or so above my head, the wall became wood siding. But I could not see that kind of distance. What I saw and felt and smelled was that the horizontal world had simply stopped. Reality had a corner. The entire world, as far as I was concerned, was a corner between concrete and sand, one vertical, one horizontal. The concrete wall was full of cracks and pits, big enough for me to climb inside of. Heads down, Jake reminded us. Look for a way to follow the wall down. There's a tunnel here, Rachel said. But it smells... Bad. Real bad. She was right. I found the tunnel too. It was one of theirs. It belonged to the enemy. I know there is an enemy. I can sense it, Axe said. But who? What? I don't know, Jake said grimly. Let's just hope they're not around. We headed down the tunnel. The smell of the enemy was powerful. Their stench wrapped around us. We were an invading force. We were going deep, deep into enemy territory. The tunnel was narrow. Boulders brushed constantly against my abdomen. My legs kicked some away. Others had to be moved aside. I should have felt cramped and claustrophobic, with the earth all around me and my friends close ahead and behind me. But my ant mind was at home in tunnels. I was traveling down. I knew my head was pointed down, but gravity seemed less important than it did when I was human. There's a side tunnel up here, Rachel said. She was in the lead. Big surprise. There are a couple of side tunnels. It's starting to branch out. Should I- Ah! What? What? Oh, 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 
an ant. What? Rachel. He's running. He's running away. It's okay. It's okay. He was smaller than me. He ran off down the side tunnel. I guess we're the baddest ants in the tunnel, I said, trying to joke away the sudden clutch of very human terror. Let's hope so, Jake said. I feel air, Axe reported. A breeze, down this next side tunnel. Follow it, Jake said. Quickly, we were out of the sand boulders and in a canyon. That's what it seemed like, anyway. Like a deep, deep canyon. A crack in the concrete foundation. We clambered over craggy rocks and squeezed along the narrow crack. All the while, the breeze grew stronger. Then we were out of the canyon. We were on a flat, vertical plain. I think we're there, Cassie suggested. I sense open space all around. Air. And it's dark. Okay, morph out. But be careful. Wait! Get horizontal first, I said. Humans can't cling to walls, and we don't know how high up we are. Marco's right, and someone should go first. For once, I volunteer, I said. I couldn't wait to get out of that ant body. First, I moved away from them. It was totally dark, so I didn't have to watch the changes in myself. But trust me, feeling them was bad enough. Once I was human again, I began to look for a light. Then I froze. My huge human feet would crush my friends. I stood perfectly still and ran my hands along the wall. Nothing. Nothing. A bulletin board. A desk. Phone. Some kind of machine. Probably a fax. There. A lamp. The sudden light was blinding. I blinked and covered my eyes with my hand. As soon as I could see, I looked around. I was in a very small room, like a windowless office. I was alone. Then I looked down at my body. Arms, legs, feet. Yes, human. Completely human. We see light, Jake said. I know you can't thought speak now, so if it's safe, flick the light. I could see them now. Four tiny ants huddled against the corner of the wall. It took my breath away. Had that been me? Had I been one of them? Down there? I flicked the light. Seconds later, they began to demorph. I turned away and focused on riffling through the desk. That was gross beyond belief, Cassie said. She was the first to complete her change. Yeah, I agreed. I don't want to do that again, she said. I could hear the shiver of fear and disgust in her voice. I didn't answer. I was too scared to want to talk about it. If I talked about it, it would become real, you know? Better not to think. Better to shove it out of my mind. This is the place, Rachel said when she had grown eyes and a mouth again. I recognize it. Chapman's office. I was a cat when I was in here, but this is it. Let's get this done. In and out, Jake said nervously. Axe, find the transponder. Axe, now fully analyzed again immediately began removing a panel from the thing I thought was a fax machine. I continued to look through Chapman's desk. Nothing much there. No papers. No files. Axe looked at me and smiled in that way Andalites have of smiling with just their eyes. He touched a small cube I had thought was a paperweight. The paperweight lit up and projected a picture into the air in front of me. Cool, I said. A computer, right? Yes, a computer. Yes. 
I poked the air, pointing at a symbol that looked like it would be a folder. It opened. The document was written in some totally alien alphabet. You can use a computer? Sure, why not? This is a few hundred years more advanced than ours, but... Stop! Axe said suddenly. Go back to that last document. You can read that stuff? Yes. He stared intently. It is an announcement. The Yurks have an important visitor arriving soon. Visser 1. Visser 1? That would be like Visser 3's boss? Yes. Visser 1 is more powerful than Visser 3. Just as Visser 3 is more powerful than Visser 4. There are 47 Vissers in the Yurk Empire. Or so we believe. Great, I said. 47. Not all like our friend Visser 3, I hope. Axe was back at work, getting the transponder out of the fax-like machine. No, he answered. Only Visser 3 has an Andalite body. Only he can morph. Visser 1 has a human body, I believe. Ah, here, I have it. He held up a tiny, shiny disc, no bigger than a pea. Okay, let's get out of here, Jake said. Put that thing near the crack. We won't have to carry it as far. Everyone, morph back. Let's bail. It was the moment I dreaded. I didn't want to return to the ant body. It made me want to cry, just thinking of it. But there was no other way. If we tried to sneak out of the basement by going up through the house, we might be caught. Boy, I don't want to do this, I muttered. But at the same time, I focused on that ant shape. And as I watched, my friends began to change. Once we had shrunk back to ant size, the transponder seemed enormous. It was far bigger than we were. Standing beside it, feeling it with my legs and antennae, it felt as big as a two-car garage. Everyone says ants are incredibly strong for their size, Cassie pointed out. Let's see if that's true. It seemed impossible, but Cassie, Rachel, and Axe managed to lift that monstrous load off the ground. I mean, it was like seeing three people walking down the street carrying a city bus. That's how big it was. But it's true what they say about ants. For their size, there are some strong little bugs. When we reached the vertical wall, the three of them had to push it ahead and roll it up the wall like some giant steel donut. We reached the crack. They shoved the transponder in. Jake and I were in the lead. It took all five of us to drag that thing over the crags of the concrete canyon. But we made it through and back to the dirt tunnel. The transponder was so big it blocked the tunnel. It was like a spitwad in a straw but with Axe, Rachel, and Cassie behind pushing, and Jake and I clearing boulders, grains of sand, out of the way, we made progress. It happened suddenly. There was no warning. One second the tunnel ahead of me was empty. The next second it was full. Full of a charging, racing army of ants. Enemies, my ant brain said. Now the killing would begin. Hey, Phantomorphs. Thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the auditory Animorphs experience. Or is it the Animorphs auditory experience? I have forgotten. But it's your host, Daniel, and I would like to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, you can do that by visiting audiomorphs.podbean.com or looking up Audiomorphs on iTunes. And as long as you're on iTunes, give me a review or a rating. I don't have either right now. It's very sad. If you'd like to reach me, you can do that at audiomorphscast.
audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. I definitely remember both sites where I can be contacted. That's all I got this week, so I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight 